Gifting is hard. This isn't news. But what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Save time shopping, save money comparing prices across stores, and spend more time sipping with your gifties. Now that's good news. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Um, joining me today to chat about Wolves, I was going to say yet again, drab game. Um, our 1 1 George Nigel got Tom. Uh, Tom, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. complain. We were just saying before we started perform- uh, before we started recording how we like could feel like just there's a bit of apathy around Wolves at the moment, and I think we're all a bit scared and anxious about what's going to happen with Ruben Nevers after yesterday as well. It seemed like there was a bit of a, I know, an atmosphere in terms of an end of an era stuff as well, which we'll dig into in a bit. But we'll talk about the Norwich game first and we'll try and get that out of the way because, let's be honest, it wasn't... It was like Wolves of old in a way. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, you know... In terms of if we can't go to the beginning, the, the starting lineup I thought was a interesting one. Like um, three subs from the, the Man City game, which we talked about the other day. Um, Rudy comes in, Gomez comes in, and Huang comes in. We were, I was going to say, we which ones were you sort of most surprised about? Because it, they, they all kind of were a bit of left field. Yeah, I was obviously surprised about Rudy. Um, yeah, that was sort of the bit, the biggest one. Although how Chiquinho hasn't started and Huang has is uh, completely, completely beyond me. I don't know what was going on. Um, yeah, the others, yeah, sort of almost like picked themselves, didn't they? Really? Um, the thing with the Chiquinho slash uh, Huang one was, I mean, it's bad enough in itself. But then when you consider that he put Raúl on the right, just made yeah. it even worse, like even more perplexing and like Huang in the middle right on the right. I mean, what was going on? It seemed just like a really odd choice all, all round, to be honest, because like I know we're chatting before the game about whether Europe was still on for Wolves and it would have taken us winning both of our games and West Ham to lose both of theirs, which neither things have, have happened. But when I saw the lineup, I could understand why people kind of 
suggested that he bottled it. But at the same time, and, and I know we drew, and I know, but we're against bottom of the table Norwich, who have shit. Their goal difference is what minus fifty six or something. Or yes, yes, yeah. It's silly, terrible. and you know, if we're worried about starting John Ruddy in goal, then I don't want to sound too cold, but we probably shouldn't have him as our goalkeeper. And you know, again, like when you got a hang up front, and I know we've been critical of him. We were critical of him like literally three days ago, but. You're telling me, you know, give Trinkal a go, give Silver. Silver's yeah. supposed to be this player who we're really trying to push and develop. And you could have so easily have like played a slightly different formation if you went, I don't know, Neto just behind Silver and Jimenez or even kept Jimenez on the right, which he's done a couple of times now. And I don't... Well, that's like... it. He did it at Burnley, didn't he? And it didn't work yeah. at Burnley. So why is it going to magically work now? And and, yeah. and even at Burnley, I mean, you could sort of half uh, accept it because he had a, still had a centre forward, you know, in the middle, uh, Fabio. But with this, he's got a, a wide player um, playing centre forward, and he's pushed his man number nine out on the right. I just didn't understand that whatsoever. And like I say, you know, what's Chiquinho got to do to get a game after his performance the other day? Yeah, or, and, and and Fabio as well. You know, <laughs> season's done. Yeah, you know, let's get Fabio some minutes. He needs well, he, he needs and he deserves them as well. That's it, and for me, it's either you're going to go full hog, or you, in terms of you know, not the season's right off, but you give players minutes that you want to develop. So I can understand. To be fair, I know I said drink out, but I can understand why you wouldn't start him just to give him minutes because there's other players that we definitely know are going to be in next mm. season. So you say definitely give Chiquinho as many minutes as possible. He's showing what he can do. Give as many minutes to Silver, and and to be fair, I could understand Tossi. To, to the same oh, absolutely I have no complaints you know, Tossie playing at um, all no just get, give them those extra game times to see what they can do but for, I say it, it, it didn't kind of seem to like have a it, it didn't like have a theme to the team yeah do you know what I mean and then I've gone for three rhymes in a in a row there um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it didn't seem to like it didn't feel that it made a lot of sense in a way. No. And if you're going to, you know, sort of half, I know it wasn't quite four at the back at City, but it, you know, it was a gambled uh, yeah. formation, sort of four slash five at the back. You do that against City and then you don't do it against Norwich and you just consider, you know, you play five at the back. It just, again, it just didn't, yeah. didn't, it didn't make sense to me at all, to be honest. Yeah. They say like, we've got literally went from playing the best team in the, in the league to the, to the poorest and the formations, the tactics didn't seem to suit up, um, which yeah, surprise was a bit surprising, but again, it just felt again, that they didn't really get going at all throughout the game. Um, still really struggled to make an impact. And, yeah, you know, for warning signs with air from Norwich, they kept like carving us open almost at will, it felt like at points. Yeah, and that's an embarrassment in itself, isn't it? Let's face it. I mean, yeah. Pookie's not a great player, but his movement, I mean, it just shows you what we've not had this season. His movement was anything better than what we've seen this season by, by our lot. Um, and, it, you know, he didn't have to do anything too spectacular. He just made a few little runs off the last man. And when's like we've seen a Wolves player do that recently. And, I think Bolly's done. <laughs> I know Stu mentioned yeah. it last week, but I mean, if it, if you needed any further proof, he was just he was he's done. Yeah, he, he was going in every. I mean, did he have two or maybe even three one on ones on the on the right hand side? Mm. You know, on 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 our right. 
Um, and we were lucky to get away with them. I mean, Totty made a great clearance from that one after Ruddy saved it. Um, but yeah, it wasn't good. The first half was so drab and boring. If it had been a better team, it would have been 2-3 down. Well, yeah, I so, like the fact that Norwich didn't score earlier, you know, um, he had a great uh, chance sort of just, I say just before we goal, we had like that like, almost curved effort from, from Bolly's side. And you say, did you think like, what's happening? Because we just couldn't get a foothold in the game. And to be fair, like not Norwich don't have anything to play for. They're just, you know, go, go. Going around the races, aren't they? To be honest, and seeing out, seeing out the season, and then, of course, they did score, and it was—I almost laughed. Yeah, it just, yeah, it was pathetic, it, wasn't it? It's yeah, just an absolute it, nothing. It's like it wasn't they didn't try, but it just felt like they their boots were heavy. They just couldn't yeah. get out, and like. Timo Puki is notoriously known for being slow. It's not like someone's like, you know, it's not a Jamie Pomp, Jaden Vardy, who's like blistered past, you know, Cody. Like, fair enough. Just felt like we gave him all the time in the bloody world. Yeah, I mean, did that. I don't even, I, I haven't watched it back because I can't be bothered. But um, <laughs> did, did, the, uh, like the, the players this season, on the back end of this season, but. Um... They look like they, they don't let many men in the box themselves, and we had about four, three, three or four defenders around him, and they still somehow managed to just like you know fashion a, a piss poor shot that's just gone through all of them, and everyone's motionless. Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're joined by I was going to say not just one Tom, but two now. <laughs> Other Tom, how are you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Better late than never, but um, yeah, it's good to be on. That's, I was going to say that's that's more than okay. Um, we were just talking about Norwich's goal and, mm. well, frankly, how poor it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, as soon as I joined, I could hear Tom speaking about something and I could kind of infer from the negativity that it was probably to do with either just our general performance or or, or the goal that, that came in that first half. But uh, I would like to say that I was surprised that Norwich went 1-0 up, but... I completely wasn't. Um, uh, it was actually, you know, I think it was probably the first, well, that that main kind of moment in the season for me where I just thought, like, this cannot get any worse. Off the back of a drubbing from Man City, losing against the team that are already done for. Um, yeah, not a very nice 45 minutes, uh, that first half in particular, for sure. Yeah, it felt kind of even going into like half time with the booze at half time. Like there was a proper, like, I was going to say dodgy atmosphere, but it did feel like it was a real kind of melting pot. Like the last couple of weeks, and particularly like the last 24 hours on social media, there's been a lot of, say, a lot. I've seen calls like Bruno to go and things like that. And it feels like there's, I don't know, some, something not quite right all of a sudden. Well, we came out after half time, and we, we, you know, we, we sang Chiquinho's praises after pretty much every time he's played for us. Sang his praises after Man City. See him on the bench, you know. Well, like maybe he's knackered. Fair enough. But then he comes out, see him at half time. We go, fair enough. I'm happy with that. And then you see Cody Sawney's come off. I was like, Ooh. I was. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that that's, that happened once before, didn't it? Didn't he get subbed off against the baggies last yeah. season? Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, it was odd. And also a similar kind of thing where he got subbed off. And I think that was also the moment when I thought Nuno's gone. He's Not, like, yeah, I thought he's exactly out. the same. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's quite reminiscent of that. I mean, who knows? But it's an odd call to make, you know. And we 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 arguably played much better in the second half and actually fucking gave it some welly. Mm. Um, but just a really d- weird decision to make on that last home game of the season to take your club captain off, for sure. Yeah, and it wasn't like... <laughs> Formation wise, we we changed before. You know, we changed it up. We still kept with that back with a back three, and Johnny kind of comes in, and you know, we thought Bolly was a bit crap first half as well. And you could argue, well, take take Bolly off, and you bring Johnny inside. Yeah, you, I thought you, I was. I, th- I thought it would have been Bolly. Yeah, I don't know how Bolly stayed on ahead of Cody. I mean, look, Cody wasn't great at all, but Bolly was dire. Like, I don't know how he, how he stayed on ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, I, mean and, and... I, I, I think personally, I don't know why Bolly started the game, really. I just don't think he's been particularly convincing since maybe the first game he played for us after after that spell out, however long it's been. Um, I'm really confused by that. Really, really confused. I thought after after his injury and then he kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth, it, there wasn't any kind of, we didn't really know whether he was injured or wasn't injured or just wasn't fit. And then there was a whole thing about the African Cup of Nations. Is he in the squad? Is he not in the squads? And he's had a really odd year. And the fact that he's been picked over, over the last, what is it, four or five games, you know, over Kilman and things, I, I'm just really confused about. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't do, he didn't cover himself in glory on the weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like yet again. That, that That's the, that's the disappointing thing that, you know, we've, we've had this conversation about Bolly about four games in a row and we've said similar about Cody and you know we've uh, with Cody in particular I think when he struggles the whole team struggles and it is really apparent that if his if he's not on his game and whether it's from like an organizational point of view or from him actually being able to have a bit of control on the ball that the whole team suffers and I think we sort of must have said before that, you know, if he's not being able to pass it out, if he's not organising, there's no point in playing because there's other people who can do that job essentially higher at the pitch like Nevis. You know, that's who you need to be getting on the ball more often if you can do then. Um, But Chiquinho did what Chiquinho does. You know, he he was the one who gave us that impetus. He was the one who gave us a bit more driving forward second half and you know wasn't the prettiest goal in the world <laughs> but but ain't no first of the season I d- again someone who's quietly gone under the radar I think a lot this season is ain't Nori because he's been probably one of our most consistent players even if he's not made a lot of show-stopping performances would that be fair to say yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, generally when he's coming, he's he's played pretty well. There's only a couple of shaky moments, I think. Uh, the, the leads, he, I think he cost, you know, he got caught mm. into the ball a couple of times. But um, by and large, I don't think he's really he let us down. He 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 blows himself out. I think in the last sort of five ten minutes, he loses a lot yeah. of puff, and, and you've seen that by him going down by cramp or being taken off. And um, sometimes I don't think maybe that goes into 
Bruno's thinking a little bit when he plays him because he thinks he might have to make it, you know, it might be one yeah. sub that he's forced to make later on in a game because of his fitness. Um, but, you know, I mean, I remember <coughs> Liverpool at home, he was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Like, it's his best performance in a wall shirt for me. And generally, he's done he's done pretty well. And I think he's one of, he's at least of all worries at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I think, it, I think it's safe to say he has gone under the radar. I think, He's quite solid as well at the back. I think he loves he loves a tackle and he's good at tracking his man. And you're right. I think it was also maybe Brentford at home that really disappointing game where yeah. he really struggled to push forwards. He kept mm. checking his run and 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 going back and playing it back out out to the other out, out to the other um, side of the pitch. But I'm, I'm quite surprised by that statistic. That's his first goal this season, considering. Didn't he score on his debut against Palace yeah. or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And I think and like we've all bloody hell, who's this? But yeah. um, and it was a cracking goal as well. But no, um I think I think it it's he it's safe to say he probably deserves a goal after this season. And um I like a player who's all heart and I think he definitely falls into that category. Yeah, I think um you know, the fact that uh, I've seen we've seen more than enough times and you have that bit of pinball wizard in the box to actually get your head on the end of it and took it home it was you know it was really good to see um i was gonna say speaking of he, he does like a tackle and i think we all probably i, I know his stats last season defensively were rubbish but you look at him this season he's leaps and bounds better defensively this year um and you mentioned he likes to tackle i'll tell you who else does love a tackle is toti gomez <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I tell you what, he's going to get ascended <laughs> off at some point next season. But I'm going to fall. I, I know I'm going to fall in love with him because he's he's just going to replace Roman Sace. He's got Ella Kobe vibes about him. Yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> he's that type. Isn't he? Yeah, I think he's going to be a fan's <laughs> favourite. But you know what was, what was good? You could. T- he was one of the only players you could tell he was up for it. He was yeah. really up for it. Yeah. I think him Neves to. I know Neves you know, the, the he was okay. He wasn't great, but you could tell he he was up for it. He was going into tackles and things. Chiquinho when he came on, Neto maybe, but I couldn't say I saw much fight from the other guys. To be honest, they just sort of like meandered through the game. Mate Nori maybe, um, but yeah, there wasn't much in, fight in it for me, and I think that was been the case for the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the top, he's he's a neat and tidy player, isn't he, Totti? Every yeah. time he's played, he's been quite impressive. I think, you know, it, it's interesting to see what you say, Tom, as well. Like, it's, it's Totti and Neves, the two players that are giving it, you know, giving it stacks in the game. And they're almost in two different points of their Wolves careers, aren't they? You've got mm-hmm. Totti, who's, you know, well, I mean, I, I don't, I, I hope that's not the case, but you've got Totti, who's, I've got a point to prove here. And you've got Neves thinking, who, this could be my last game at the Molyneux and I've, I've got to give it my all. But yeah, well, let's not let's not linger on that too much right now. Yeah, I think um, it, it was good to see. I think like interesting either players you mentioned who actually you'd say put a considered amount of effort in all on the younger side and all you know the less sort of seasoned vets who you know totally games has got a, a lot to prove and a lot to play for. You know, um, he's he's the sort of player who could be in that you know choice for being starting choice centre half next season, or he ends up back on loan out as somewhere. So he makes needs to make sure he's as visible as possible. And you know, yeah, yeah, as I mentioned before, he he likes a big tackle, but he's good at the ball. I think that was the thing yeah. that first attracted him to Wolves fans, as it were. Like you know, when he got recalled back off loan from Zurich and all the you know the clips with him with the ball at his feet just 
just gliding past players like they weren't there. And, you know, obviously the step up from playing in Switzerland to Premier League's going to make it difficult for him to be able to do that. But in what, half a dozen games he's played this season, he's he's not let us down. And on the other side, you've got, we had Max Kilman for three quarters of the season before his injury. And and his arc was similar last season, but he rarely let us down. It's not a bad foundation to build upon. But apart from that second half, we, we huffed and puffed a little bit. Norwich had a couple of chances again. Silver had a chance towards the end as well. But after we scored, it did feel like it, this was just going to end 1-1, one, one, didn't it? Yeah, we had that spell, of about, it was about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, when it was yeah. just relentless attack and the crowd were up and I thought, hey, this is all right, this, you know, we'll, we'll snatch one here. And I think, was it uh, Neto had that header that was tipped over? Yeah. Um, that was in the Chiquinho cross, I believe. I, I think he probably should have scored. I think he's he's put it too too close to keep, should be heading, it, heading that down. But um, that was the last chance of note I remember. Yeah, like I said, Silva got in behind, cut, cut it back, but I can't really remember much else, to be honest, which is, which is a sad indictment, really, when you're playing against Norwich. Yeah, and you know, Norwich weren't exactly like. I, I know we switched to a back three, but they weren't sticking ten men behind the ball. We, we just, yeah. just we just lacked any real creativity or like impetus to really push for push for both out. I think story of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, I think you know, the latter half of the season for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I think it, it's been such a weird season, like reflecting on it. And how the fuck are we still eighth? Like, I, yeah. I just don't get well, it. I was going to say, I don't you know we'll finish eighth. Uh, uh, well, should we? I'm going to skip to my segment then because I think that's quite an interesting one. So that's left Wolves at the moment. Somehow, I do not quite know with a with Wolves having a game left on 51 points, still in eighth. Now, I think I've worked out that Wolves can. St- we can actually finish what 11th in theory. <laughs> so the teams that can still overtake us are Leicester, Brighton, and Crystal Palace. Because Crystal Palace, of course, have a very big difference. Um, they're on 45 points, so they do they can sort of climb the six places, but they also have four plus goal difference compared to one minus three. Now, I did a bit of research by which I mean I had a really quick look on PremierLeague.com before recording um, and did a really crap graphic just to show you who's got what in terms of games coming up. So we've obviously got Liverpool. um, Leicester have got Chelsea and Southampton. Brighton have got West Ham. And Crystal Palace have got Everton and Man United. Now, Now you can see those games in front of you, bearing in mind what the league table says as well. Genuinely, <laughs> where, where do you think we're actually going to finish? Because I'm, I'm starting to get antsy that we're going to finish 11th. Oh, mate, it's so dreadful, isn't it? I think Crystal Palace, uh, th- th- they could get six points out of those two games, 100%. If not, four. Brighton are on really good form, as are West Ham. I think that's probably going to be quite a good game, actually, that Brighton-West Ham yeah. game, even, even just as a... Um, as a neutral, and then with Leicester, Chelsea, they could they could lose or beat anyone, and that's been probably the case for them all season. And I think Leicester could potentially spank Southampton. Um, 
So I think we are in the most difficult position here for sure. Because I mean, like, it, not to be too pessimistic, but I think it feels f- fairly obvious footballs are going to finish with fifty-one points and not beat Liverpool. I think yeah. without without saying we'll, we'll we'll be realistic. If we get a point, it'll be a minor miracle. The only um, way that doesn't happen is if is if the title's gone by then. Yeah. And then even and even then it's a stretch because I still back Liverpool's second team to beat us anyway. But um yeah. yeah, the only way that happens is Southampton. Do they do Liverpool have to win? Or do they, can yeah, they, Liverpool. can they draw and still be in it? I think they can draw they're four points off. I think they can draw and still be in it in theory. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm probably more worried if they do draw tomorrow. Yeah, they'll then, smash. Yeah, then yeah. they will be fucking. They will want yeah. to but, smash us. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll want to what Man City did to us last week. Mm. Yeah, like, just a double whammy. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> it's um, I do hate it when you play like genuinely good teams after they lose a game because if it's one who's a bit fragile, you're like, oh, actually, you know what? We can get something out of them here. When it's like Man City or Liverpool, it's like they are going to murder whatever team is in front of them yeah. and just go through them like an absolute fucking freight train. But that's um, that's that's been the Guardiola way, though, isn't it? If, if he's yeah. ever gets embarrassed or showed up or they lose those games that like they did against Madrid, it's like whoever they're playing next is just in the firing line. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It is. It is. Um, looping back to the end of the game. Um, after full time, a couple of things I wanted to sort of pick up on was the I was going to say the players' player and fans' player of the year was <coughs> Jose Sar. We all in agreement that was fair. Yeah, that was my pick for that. Yeah, yeah, same here. I think um, that there was lots of rumbles about him all through the season, really, from different commentators, from different games I watched, just saying been one of the signings of the season. Really, it's I think it's. It's really, you can't underestimate how difficult it is trying to kind of recruit the right goalkeeper. I think that's mm-hmm. a really difficult position to fill. Um, and often because it's such a unique position on the pitch, they are some sometimes and often the first players that the media and fans and whoever it might be go to to blame the reason why there's poor form or or or, or, or you're losing matches. Um so I think he's done really, really well this season and he's 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 proved that he he's up there and you know he's even got a place in the Portugal squad this 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 year. Um so yeah, really, really positive signing and I, I agree. Yeah, he's earned us more points than any other player. Yeah. I mean, what, the, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, isn't it? Points are yeah. all that matter. So at the end of the day, that's he's he's done his job there. Yeah. I mean I was I was more than confident when he joined that he'd be a good addition and you know the fact that we did financially well on the deal even better I, I didn't think he'd be this good or have this much of an impact and you know the numbers are one thing the eye test is the other you know he's made big saves when we've needed him to yeah he's I was gonna say he's not got it right a couple of times with a couple of those penalties but if you look at literally every other Wolves player the only other pl- player I think would be in contention is Ruben Neves and I think you could probably argue that his highs have been higher than Jose Sars in terms of some of those performances but there have been a few stinkers in there he had the injury as well so that's knocked him out for a little bit of a 
kind of a key period as well when it comes to voting for this stuff anyway. Um, as Ryan Darks uh, sort of says in the YouTube comments, has anyone else been cutting onions since accepting it's probably the last time um, seeing Ruben Noah's in a wool shirt at Molyneux. So, again, as they were doing their lap of honour, it's been doing the rounds a lot, but Ruben Neves looking very emotional. Tom, yeah, I don't yeah. know which one I'm addressing this to when I say Tom. <laughs> uh, Tom's, should we read really far into what this could mean? It doesn't take a rocket scientist, does it, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I, was, I wasn't in a... I, I left the game, I was a bit pissed off, but I was in a bad mood when I saw that photo. Gonna lie. I don't know why, because I should have just realised beforehand, but I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's, it's so... I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, he's just upset that he that we've drawn against Norwich, but <laughs> that's it's not the case. Um, it's... Uh, look... I've accepted it now. I've, I have accepted that he's gone. That That's something that I'm, you know, I, I'm a man who's experienced lots of disappointments in his life. So this just adds to the tally that like I'm good at just being able to compartmentalise my emotional reaction to these types of things. However, if he goes to Man United, I, I, on, I said this in the group chat, I am turning my back on this game. Like that, it's that cannot happen. Like at all. And I said as well, if there's any justice, he goes somewhere like Barcelona, where they're what they do and 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 the way they operate just does not affect us. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would find it really difficult next season to see him at Molyneux in a different player shirt. Jota, I don't mind too much. Um, I think that it, he was ready to go. I think that he was. I think, and we're all in agreement that his form suffered with us. He maybe it wasn't the right fit with the way that Nuno was setting out. But Neves could he could have a statue outside the ground if he if he decided to commit to this to this club. So it's really really tough. It's really really tough, and there is a lot of anxiety surrounding where he is going to end up next season. Yeah, I think the, the ideal world is he plays outside of England because. I know beyond Jota, he is. I know maybe maybe there's a family aspect. Maybe it's him coming as the boy wonder. Maybe maybe I, I I don't know. I could speculate all day, but he does have a great connection. Than Jota arguably did spot him kind of joining at the same time, and I can't quite put my finger on it. I say maybe it's because he was that marquee signing. He was the the guy who like put walls on the map and everything you read in the interviews uh, of it, it was like, I understood the risks. I wanted to do it. And you know, say, I, ideally I want to see him at Barcelona or Juventus. I, because... I, I Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I can put my finger on what it is. I think Jota was an unknown quantity when he came to us, really. I mean, yeah. he, he hadn't really proved himself anywhere else he'd been. But when Neves signed for us, I think there was a collective understanding that he'd made a huge risk in his career. You know, one of the youngest Champions League captains, you know, he, he'd he already was starting to become a bit of a cult figure at Porto. So for him to leave and go to a championship side who had had this big bunch of money, a big, big load of money kind of chucked, chucked at them and... 
there was a bit of a project there with a new and exciting manager. I, I get that, but still a huge risk. And it, you just managed to pull it off. And with such grace throughout the whole time he's been at this club and played some amazing games and scored some such good goals. I think that's the reason why it's different to Jota personally for me, um, that he kind of signed up. He, he knew what the risk was and he just completely met the challenge and, and, and did everything that the job description required of him really. Yeah. Model pro as well, the way he handles himself off the pitch and, um, you know, his family looks so content and happy, um, which unfortunately makes me think he's going to stay in England. Um, that's that's, all, that's one for me, but it'll be yeah. painful to see him in an opposition shirt. It'll be painful. Um, but, this as well, won't he? Yeah. He will. Do, yeah, probably. He won't celebrate that. He might. No. I don't think he'll be pointing to his temple for that one. Um, <laughs> but I, do you think. Can you imagine him scoring an absolute belt? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He, he scores a goal like against like what he did that um Derby and then he's just like uh just just for those cele- the apology celebration. It's like Ruben, yeah. you've scored a worldy man. Oh no I can't Robbie Keane was always really good at not celebrating against yeah. us, I thought. Yeah. Like always carried himself very well. Um yeah. head down. Like loads of loads to, just head down. The difficulty with Rob Keane though is it was great up until I reckon two thousand and four. So when Spurs spanked us when we got promoted back via the playoffs back then because he wasn't having to celebrate against that many former teams. The further along he got in his career, he went, he had a habit of consistently scoring. So then when he's playing for Liverpool and he's getting goals against Spurs, and it just snowballs. Like, there must be a good line in that because I reckon someone like Craig Bellamy must have celebrated against former teams. I mean, mean, let's be honest, I think. You know, how do I say this politely? Actually, no, I don't even care about saying it politely. Bellamy's definitely a shit and would enjoy celebrating yeah, yeah. whatever team, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is an element of, wow, he's he's just got that, uh, he's he's kind of made of different stuff, isn't he? He doesn't really give a shit about anyone or anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. He lived in Cardiff when he played for Man City because he just liked living in Cardiff. So, you know, the bloke obviously... Um, I think when it comes to loyalty and all that kind of stuff, I think there's um, it's a different conversation. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if he if he, if he whether well, he wants to stay. I don't know. I wonder if he it's just sort of been almost like forced upon him necessarily. You know, like the club has said, "Well, look, we've got to cash in." You know, to be honest, or, or you know whether he actually would love to stay if if the club just pushed the boat out a little bit. It'd be nice to know. We'll never find out, but it'd be nice to know which angle it's coming from. You know, whether it's coming from his side or whether it's coming from the club side. Um, I would wager. I'd wager it's probably club side more so. But it, to be honest, I don't think any Wolves fan would begrudge him a move for his for his no, career from a personal point a of view. Both, to be honest, for that, there might even be something whether it's official or unofficial. Let's say where it's like, well, we'll make you available for a transfer if we don't play in Europe, mm. which would arguably explain the heightened emotions that actually yeah you know it's like it could be the last time he's at Molyneux as a Wolves player but it's because of sort of that game maybe and I could understand it you know so similar with I think Jack Grealish had something in his you know he had about 100 million pound release clause in his because like, well, if someone matches it then great and if if the ideal platform for Ruben Neves is to play 
um, European football. <laughs> He's clearly good enough. He, he needs to be around politely better players in a better system, um, which I mean, is, is so I, painful, isn't it? I was thinking about this, though, like with Neves, is his ceiling in regards to starting every match and playing 90 minutes, is his ceiling for that type of career Wolves? Or do you think that you could see him starting every match, playing 90 minutes, potentially captaining a squad that is kind of the next Competing. step up from us in regards to current form and things like that. What do you think? Or would, do you think he, if he's, if when he signs for the next club he signs for, is he going to be more of a squad player like Grealish? Yeah, it's a good question. If you look yeah. at Jota at Liverpool, it surprised me. I think, especially since Diaz has come in, he's not getting anywhere near as many minutes now. And I'm not, I still think he'd rather have it the way he's got it at the moment, you know, potential, you know, playing for quadruple winning team. But, um, I think, I think, Potentially in Neves, I think there is. I think he could. I think he's got another gear. Personally, uh, you know, you'll never know until he does it. Um, but I think if you do play for those bigger teams, you have to accept that the rotation is just part and parcel of it. Really, I think even the best players, you know, De Bruyne doesn't play every week, does he, for Man City? And it's, yeah. it, I think that they're happy to accept that. If they, but there's more games because they're playing in Europe and and they're, and they're winning trophies, and they're happy to accept it. I think. Well, yeah, that that would be sort of my my thinking that if, if he's playing for a team who gets to the latter stages of Europe, whether it's Europa League or Champions League, it adds an extra dozen fixtures on, um, mm. plus extended cup runs, which don't exactly have walls. And, you know, we're saying, oh, I hope he doesn't go to a, um, you know, another Premier League team. I did see online, literally just before recording, because I've just gone on Twitter to check, um, Man City have reportedly told Ilkay Gundogan he can leave. He's free to leave at the end of the season. Oh, we'll take him then. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, swap, yeah. I'm thinking swap deal because <laughs> then at least I think I think he could you know slightly ease my pain a little bit. But things on like Nevers play for Man City would be upsetting because mm. again you talk about that rotation. <sighs> He'd fit in with their kind of mould of midfielders like Rodri. Um, I think quite nicely um, in sort of being able to sort of spray it around if they need to and then get, get in the mixer a bit and also dictate play. But um, oh, it's going to be, I just want it to be over. I just want them to say, yeah, we've accepted, we've, we've accepted the 60 million offer from Barcelona and he'll sign on, you know, 1st of July and just get it done, get it over with. I don't want, I don't want the transfer saga. Yeah. Gives you more time to get people in as well. I mean, not that we do yeah. that, do we? <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it does. It does happen. So fingers yeah. crossed. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, won't go. But he, I think, he, I think he probably will. And if he is, if he does go, let's let him, yeah, let's get done early doors. Yeah, exactly. It, say it just feels, which isn't the right way of describing it, because you don't know what's happening at the club. But even when you have got Bruno saying after the game, no, I think Tim Spears might might have been Tim Spears, a, a journalist. <laughs> Don't go Neves. And Bruno's response was, Yeah, I'll be singing it too. Yeah. It's like, I know you've got no you've got no control over this, but you know, it's uh it, it's tricky. Um before we drop on to a few questions from Twitter corner, what are your thoughts about Bruno at the moment? Because I know we'd I think Tom we we'd sort of spoken the other day about, you know, let, let's give him the let's give him a transfer window, let's give him the summer. 
see where we're up to October, November time. After yesterday, there does seem to be a few more murmurings at the club. It doesn't yeah, help that Lopetegui's available. No. <laughs> yeah. I think since that's happened, it's it sort of uh, gathered a bit of pace, hasn't it? Um, can I, can he I doesn't help himself. Not... Oh, go on. Yeah, no. go on. Can I say something on Lopetegui? I don't think yeah. I'd want him to be Wolves manager. He's quite. He, 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 oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But if he, he, apparently he's renowned for being reasonably defensive. I think from my readings up on yeah. it, I think Sevilla have scored quite a low amount of goals considering their position in the league and everything. But what's your reasoning behind that one, then, Rich? Because he keeps making kissy eyes at every when he's at a club or about to join one. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. And I know, like we've spoken about it before, but. I feel like one's bitten twice shy, but if all if all is to be believed, he was going to sign. He was going to join Wolves back. Oh no, that's that's been that's but that's been that's fact, isn't it? Is yeah. he, he's come out and said it? Everyone's come out and said it. It's so, fact. He was going to do it, yeah. and he got his head turned by a better job. But he did, mm. but which was the Spain job. Yeah, but then he basically then got offered a Real Madrid job a year later and then made Kissy Art or two years later and then kind of got himself basically sacked in the run to a major tournament. And all right, he might it might have just been very badly advised by what I'm assuming is the same agent that has controlled ninety percent of all transfers. But I do get a little bit anxious and I know he's a good coach. But I am a bit anxious for well, what if something better comes along whilst he's at Wolves, and you know it happens sooner rather than later. You know, let's say we sign Lopetegui signs now, right? And then in the summer it gets to mid-August, and Antonio Conte throws a strop because he's not been given an extra eighty million to spend. And Spurs go, oh, I say Wolves could get that Lopetegui, and. The whole cycle continues, so I'm yeah, scared. Or, basically, or I'm Neil, scared of getting heartbroken. <laughs> or Neil, Neil Warnock decides to have another throw of the dice or something like that. Then you know, absolutely. <laughs> Was it um, just correct me if I'm wrong? When Lopetegui got sacked by Real Madrid, is that when Zidane took over? Or yeah, he. I was going to say he re took over. Re took over. Yeah, yeah. I think he kind of came in on the interim for. At least half a season or a full I season mean, after that as well. Like when we're getting when we're getting linked with managers who took over and then lost their job to fucking Zenadine Zidane, you know, like we we gotta we've gotta kind of pinch ourselves a little bit and you know when it comes coming back to Bruno, yeah, I'm just a bit sick and tired of how much he digs the players out in public. I I really mm. I, I, that doesn't. That's never sat well with me personally, um, and particularly because I don't think he is the full ticket, like managerial wise. I, I think there's been too many times this season when he hasn't had a plan B. That there has been a couple of times when I thought, hang on, hang on a minute. Like, I think it's a bit rich to to out some of your players about not being passionate enough, not working hard enough. When personally. I don't think sometimes you work hard enough on, yeah, on, on, on trying to figure out some kind of plan when things don't when things go a bit tits up. I don't think yeah. he's he's not helping himself with some of his selections recently. Mm. I, um, I say yesterday's was 
baffling and uh, West Ham I remember West Ham uh, away it was just a bit bizarre it was just like you know just chucking a load of players in a random formation just seeing what happens sort of thing uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not that Brentford as well yeah mm. yeah I, I think you know the, the, the 2000 season is brilliant but I, I, I want to know what the hell's happened basically something's well, happened it, it's think- not it's bizarre. Like the, the contrast think, is just so strange. Yeah. yeah. I think both your points sort of actually line up with one another, but I reckon you could make a really decent argument, but Wolves form dropped off around the time, probably around the time the janky Hoover got ostracized basically. Yeah. And like, you can only have that stick approach for so long. And I think we talked about it at the time being like, well, Fair enough. If, ev- if everyone's on board with that and on the same page, and that he's open and honest with with the player, then then great. But it's not necessarily the most supportive or constructive. Sometimes acting like that, and yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be fascinated to see our form. What what was that about nine, ten day, ten games ago? Like our form, either side of those, those two instances, because I think that arguably is a catalyst, and then. You know, yes, we've had a smaller squad, so we've probably tired more, and you can see that through some of the injuries and whatever. But I, 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 I can't get both points, and I think after a while, that might with system and playing with each other in a way, and just need for summer to recalibrate. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Right, let's head over to Twitter Corner. Now my internet connection's better. Um, Right, I know we've got like two sensible ones and two silly ones. So I'm going to try and get the order right. I know definitely the last one's silly because I can see who did it. Um, Ah, looping on from what we just said. So Nag on Twitter. Um, Is Bruno a very good assistant coach um, slash manager? Um, put into a driving seat it's you know uh, and when it's going difficult he struggles an upgraded terry connor he said bloody hell. um which, yeah that might be getting a bit too far yeah <laughs> i mean guys, I think the guys win a league <laughs> yeah i think that that's the difference he has he has won a domestic league and i think i think potentially there's an argument there i think it's maybe safe to say that the the games that we've won, the games that we've won convincingly, it could be down to a masterclass of Bruno tactics, but also I feel it's just when the players gel gelled well and those players have been playing together for years now. And yeah, it could be all down to Bruno setting up a team in a certain way. But I think also, I think there's a, there is a massive case for lots of these players knowing how each other plays well and then taking it upon themselves to, to do what they do best. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'd, yeah. I'd, be interested, I'd be interested to know if Bruno had a completely new batch of players, whether whether he'd be able to, who maybe of the same quality, be able to pull off some of the ro- results we've had. So there's an argument there potentially, but I think the Terry Connor shout is um, <laughs> a, stretch. It's a, bit, it's a bit rogue. I yeah, think, like, he's, he's he's clearly he's clearly a good coach. Like he's clearly a good. Guy. There's there's a few games spring to mind where I think he he really did do a number on his opposition. Um, United away, Spurs mm-hmm. away. I think those were games where you could see a real structured plan, yeah. uh, way of playing. 
um, that worked perfectly and the players carried it out really, really well. Um, and all that stuff that you level with those games, you can't level at the last eight or nine or ten. I, I can't see any plan structure. It's, you know, I wouldn't say tactics. I mean, it's not a bit stretched too far, but um, yeah, no sort of plan of getting a result other than just like go out and do this and that. Um, it, yeah, it just hasn't. Something's not been right the last eight nine games. Yeah. Right. Next up, um, so Dean Marston, and I feel like we need to. Uh, he sort of said fancast awards of the season. So it's like funniest moment, fancastians, fancastian um, of the season, unsung hero. So initially in my head, I thought, oh, that was just Wolves general and then realised, oh, I probably, it, it's actually about us ourselves. Because I can't, I think I was fine being like, oh yeah, well, we could do like an unofficial award, you know, end of season awards uh, or whatever. And then realised it would be really, really egotistical if we just did one on ourselves. <laughs> um, and even my ego won't stretch that far. Um, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, funniest moment, I think, was probably in the group chat when Stu said all in on Sean Dice. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> that hasn't been like did we not put that on Twitter? Didn't I've, we did we did, but we didn't out Stu. Right. I, no I believe you, you, you you've said it. I wasn't gonna say anything. Uh, I was gonna it. say Stu, Stu won't mind. But ironically, wait until question number four comes up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that it was just the phrase all in on Sean Dice. All Deich. in on Sean Dice. Yeah. It was wasn't even that it was a. Oh, I'm still hoping. I'm still hoping it's a wind up. I'm still hoping. It's not. It's not. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. Look That's at Stu. Look at a picture a of Stu. Show. Look at a picture of Sean Dyche. <laughs> Have you ever seen and, in the same room? Have you? You know. No, I haven't. Together. Yeah, there you go. And I was going to say for <laughs> much older listeners, uh, going back, God, about three years maybe now, um, Stu. I can't, can't, can't remember what he actually did, but his vocal cords got really strained and he sounded like Sean Dice for about six months as well. <laughs> like it'd like he'd been eating gravel. Um, nice. Which I reckon she was probably done. Um, yeah, so definitely that. Um, it, again, in terms of what the other ones, uh, the Fancastians, Fancastian. I was going to say, actually, the, the, the new people have got involved. So literally, you, you know, you two and... Jeffo, fantastic. We've been, yeah, but Wolves have been shit since we've done it. Maybe it's our fault. Yeah, yeah but okay. I only talk about losses on here. I know shit you, results. You, you did. You oh, and Blake. I should mention Blake as well because he did one to some last season as well. Um, yeah, Blake went through a period when he started of which we kind of win every game. Tom, you basically uh, Tom Calvert. That is, you basically went through a period of. We only talk about losses. Yeah, I've done a Watford but, win, and everything else has been a loss we, apart from today, yeah. which is which isn't a great result either. Which is it felt like a loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's <laughs> yeah. just me, just cursed. So I can't exactly. get that. Exactly. The the way I see it is the roads we do four weeks in advance of the show. It it gets in players' heads. I don't know how they're looking <laughs> at my Google spreadsheets, but that, that's what we're getting into. Uh, and probably in terms of unsung heroes, it's probably got to be little Dan because the sheer amount of hours he puts in beyond even what I'm, I do, to be fair. Um, and all the listeners, I think you're the unsung heroes. Cheap pop. Cheap pop. Diplomatic answer no. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, right. So, Todd, 
um, Minnesota Todd, no longer Colorado Todd, who did go to that, which I thought was really cool, the um, Bulls USA Chicago meetup um, for the game against Norwich. They basically just... Any Wolves fan who is American all met up in Chicago, watched the game with George Ellicobi, and I just thought, yeah. I, That's cool. if, I had, if I had the time and resources, I'd have done that for Wolverhampton. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, so I know Todd was there, um, along with a few other um, American listeners. He says, um, is, there any, is there a chance any of the Fancastians were for Wolverhampton Little Civic on May 20th, 2003 for the Norma Jean and uh, Me Without You concert? No. I'd have been 11. Uh, That's playoff final year, isn't it? Is that playoff final yeah, year? Yeah. It's also very near playoff final date. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. That's what first struck me about so, that. Yeah. I, I was trying to work out who age range would work it out. I think it... Uh, definitely, I, I don't think potentially me, um, Cheltenham, Tom, or Gully. Maybe Andy or Stu? Potentially. I, I mean, mm. uh, Andy strikes me as someone... I mean, Stu... Uh, didn't Stu say on the WhatsApp the other day that he just, like, doesn't like music or something like that? So, uh, maybe... No, Stu, Stu's got a very eclectic taste in music, so <laughs> sure, I'm, giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving their bloody podcast a plug, even when one of them isn't on it, but... Um, they recently did a Cage Fighters episode called Music Cast, which we should do as a fan cast group where we just talk about music um, and what they're into. And I think Stu's three favourite albums, um, one was, oh, he said it last week on the show, I think it was definitely Maybe. And yeah. then he also said, like, ABBA. Right. So it, it, he hits he hits either end of the spectrum, to be <laughs> fair. And uh, I reckon Andy's probably a good shout because Andy's got decent taste in music in my opinion by which i mean we both like strokes um right so last but not least um for three out of three questions that i've brought up stew hall uh, um, i can't get through this one okay uh with this wet humid weather today bringing out the worms how many do you think the king could get through in a minute. By the king, he means Sean Dyche. The king. <laughs> Christ. The king. Mate, that, that picture of Dyche there with the kind of suction he's got going on. You can just imagine that face getting <laughs> down in the grass. Oh, well, mate, I've dread to think. I dread do you to think, think he hoovers how many a, Do you think he like hoovers him up like a small child has spaghetti? <laughs> Like yes. Just, sorry. Lady in the Tramp vibes. That's yes, that's yeah. Lady in the Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's brave. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Photoshop that later. <laughs> that where you go for? I'm going six. Because let's be honest, there is no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Double figures. Double, <laughs> double figures, yeah. Like, um, like those, like almost like sour worms. I, I guess it depends on his technique. If he's hoovering them up, I don't think he's going to be able to do many. I think he's just like grabbing handfuls. Such a weird thing. That that was from this season as well, wasn't it? Like that's what was it last season? Either way, it needs to be talked about more. Frankly, like the Premier League magic in live worms. 
Crikey. <laughs> right. Well, that's probably a good as place to end the show as my Hugh, you know, one man conversation about Stu Hall. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, right. Big thanks to everyone who's listened live. Big thanks to everyone's listened um, back as well as a podcast or on YouTube. We do massively appreciate it, guys, and thank you for your support throughout the season. Um, I sound like it's going to be our last one. We've still got um, Liverpool preview, Liverpool reaction to at least two end of season ones, as well as about uh, well many ideas that I've got for us to do silly nonsense throughout the summer as well um, big thanks to our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media and 90 Min Football Network make sure you check us out on social media if you're not doing so already that's at Wolves Fancast on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and of course if you're on YouTube make sure you smash that like button and also tap the subscribe button as well but until next time it's goodbye from Tom Okay, it's goodbye from Tom C. Bye, Wolves fans. It's goodbye from Tom S. See you later. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. (laughs) 